Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. Luke 23, we'll start reading at verse 33. Before we read, I just want to say this to you. Uh, matter of fact, you can just look up here just a second. I want to say thank you. Uh, last week uh, was a, uh, you guys, it was Pastor's Appreciation, and, and I just want you to know, every card Rhonda and I read, we, we just sat down and read together, and you just made us feel so loved. And I just want to say thank you for all the gifts, all the cards, all the kind words that you expressed toward us. And I just want to say thank you. And if you don't love us, man, you're the biggest group of hypocrites I ever met in my life. Because we sure felt it. Amen, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Luke 23, verse 33, says this. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there, along with the criminals, one on the right, the other on the left. Jesus said, let's read what's in, the re in red. You ready? Come on. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others, let him save himself. If he's God's Messiah, the chosen one, the soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, if you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. Would you do me a favor? Would you just hold your hands out like this? And would you bow your heads and say this prayer with me out loud after me? Dear God. I'm here today. I open my mind and my heart. Fill me, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Today, I uh, continue our series on forgiveness. Remember, I have written a book on this I, just for you. And so I want you to have a copy. And as you exit the auditorium on your left, You'll see that they're there available for you. I want to give you a copy, but I'm asking you to not just take one for yourself. I want you to buy a copy. They're $10. I hope you'll buy 10 of them and give them away as gifts. Many people have expressed their, what it's meant to them. Uh, and matter of fact, if, it's been, if this book has blessed you and it's, it's helped you, why don't you share it on social media and, uh, and other, help other people as well? I want to help as many people as I can uh, with this problem of forgiveness. Amen, everybody? And so that's why I wrote the book. So please help me share that message with the world. Well, <clears throat> today we are continuing uh, about forgiveness. And uh, again, if you're online watching, you can get that book. Uh, just Google Jeff Dawes and the word forgiveness, the book forgiveness, and you, you'll find it comes up all places. We've been talking about forgiveness, and forgiveness is not forgetting. If we could forget, we would not need to forgive. Right, everybody? I mean, like I say, hey, I forgave them last week, but all of a sudden it pops in my mind again and I feel the unforgiveness. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yes. Okay. And so the people in the front do. I don't know about the rest of you. But, but so I have to make a choice to release it, right? I, say, I have to make a choice. So what we're saying is I choose forgiveness. I choose. Every time I have that thought come up, I'm choosing to release it. So our definition of forgiveness is this. It's choosing to release the feelings of hurt, resentment, and anger. 
Whatever the, when, the, when that thought comes up, I may have to make a choice to release it. And so I may have to forgive somebody 50 times in one day because that thought may come to my mind. Amen, everybody? Amen. Are you tracking with me? Yes. Are you tracking with me? Yes. All right, all right, now, that's right. Listen, it's 9.45, baby. It's time to be awake. Yes. 8.30 crowd, they was good. Now, let's come on, let's go. <clears throat> I want to start off by sharing this with you. Probably about four, four or five months ago, Rhonda and I decided to take two of our staff kids. We don't have grandkids yet. So we took two of our staff kids to a rodeo. And so we met their parents at, at a Zaxby's. It was Pastor Chris's son, Christian, and Pastor Chesty's son, Drew. And they, we met at a Zaxby's and, and uh, we said goodbye to the parents and we went in to eat in the Zaxby's. And in the process, Drew did something that I had to uh, get on to him about, discipline him about. Now, that didn't mean I took my belt off, everybody. <laughs> that meant I just simply said, Drew, don't do that again. You know, like that. Well, when I said that, he has a big heart. And all of a sudden, these big, big, we would call crocodile tears. I don't know where that come from, but anyway, that's what I heard before all my life. Begin to roll down his face. And I said, okay, Drew, it's okay. We're just not going to do that again. Everything's okay. But he still was crying. I even left the table. I went to wash my hands, come back. And still he's crying. I said, no, Drew, it's okay. Everything's okay. We're going to have a good time. It's okay. I, even, I was smiling when I said it. I even hugged him. It's okay. Everything. But nothing that I said would suffice because he said to me, I still feel that you're mad at me. Yeah, and nothing I said would satisfy that. The reason I share that story with you is because many of you feel that way with God. Is it God, you said, God, forgive me. You've done something wrong. You said, forgive me, and you can't hear God's voice. But he said, okay, it's forgiven. But many of you are like Drew. You're saying, oh, I feel like you're mad at me. Anybody else ever felt that way before after you see and prayed that prayer? Yes, many of us in this room have felt that way. And so today I want to talk to you about how to live in the peace of God's forgiveness. Because if you still feel like he's mad at you, you'll never be at peace. And so today I want to talk to you about that. I want to give you three things to do as to how we're going to do that. And the first one sounds redundant, but I, I, I wanted it to be because I wanted you to get it. And so the first point is this. Number one, change your perspective of how you think God thinks of you. Change your perspective of how you think God thinks of you. Now, this is so important <clears throat> because most people in this room, we struggle with the way we even think about ourselves. So let me start off by this. You know, have you ever tried to be friends with someone who didn't want to be your friend? I have. Even a pastor I met several years ago. You know, I met him, thought this is a cool guy. I reached out to him, you know, tried to be friends with him. But every time I'd reach out, I'd sort of ignored. Then I'd see him at, at meetings and stuff and go up, try to shake his hand. I could tell he was looking for somebody else. He had no interest in what I had to say. And then, you know, just kept, you know, and I thought, you know, I'm, I'm like, okay, well, he had a bad day. And I just kept on. And finally, I realized after several months, this guy didn't want to be friends with me. And so after that, I made a decision. I don't want to be friends with him either. 
<laughs> Isn't that the way we feel, everybody? Uh, but anyways, moving on past that. <clears throat> I realize, you know, that everybody in this world doesn't like me. I don't understand why. <laughs> now, if you talk to Rhonda, she could probably give you many reasons why. But they don't like me. I even had a man not long ago just flat out tell me, I don't like you. I don't want to see you. I don't want to look at you. I don't like the way you look. I don't like anything about you. I mean, I'm seriously. I thought, man, it's bad that this face can draw that kind of tension, you know? <laughs> yeah, you and my mother. She said we like you. I said, you and my mother, yeah. But, you know, people can say bad things about us, and that gets stuck in our mind. You know, it takes about 15 good things to, it doesn't even erase the one bad thing, but sort of help it. And it gets stuck in our minds, and we think that's the way that everybody thinks about us. And then I have this problem, and you have this problem too, is that I don't really need other people to be my critic because I am my worst critic. Amen, everybody? I'm, I, I don't know about you, but my mind doesn't automatically say, Jeff, you're a great guy. Woo, take on the day. No. My mind goes to, you stink at this. Why are you even doing this? You know, you're crazy. Nobody cares about what you got to say. All those kinds of things come to my mind often. And so what I want you to tell, tell you this is that the things that I think about me are not automatically positive Usually, they're automatically negative. Anybody, you know what I'm talking about. Are we, am I talking to anybody? Yes, okay. So, here we are. We have this problem of stinking thinking. We think that, you know, other people don't like us. Some, most of the time, we say negative things about our own selves that are not nice. And so, it's very easy to get in this thought process that God must think negative things about me as well. And so when we think that God thinks negative about it, we live sort of like this all the time. Oh, he's not pleased, he's upset, and so forth. And when you live like that, you will never live in peace. You know, there was a song that was written in 1972 that was recorded over 300 times. And the song was, Always On My Mind. Always On My Mind. <clears throat> Matter of fact, it was made popular because it, it got Willie Nelson a Grammy. Always on my mind. If you know Willie Nelson, you know. You know, that was, you may want to Google it because that was rough, but anyways, it, you got the point. If you're Willie Nelson fan, forgive me. But the reason is that song is so popular and the reason it was recorded so many times is because all of us want to be on somebody's mind in a positive way. That's why when we get a text message or a phone call from someone, it says, I was just thinking about you. Or when you, when you go to the mailbox and, and you go and, and you get that handwritten note that's there in the mail, and it just says, I was thinking about you. It's amazing how that illuminates our heart and we feel so loved in that moment because somebody was thinking a positive thought toward me. Well, I want to tell you how God thinks about you. I want, I want to tell you the truth today. And so we go to Psalms and look what the psalmist said. In Psalms 139, he says, How precious are your what, everybody? Thoughts about me. How precious are your thoughts about me? Will you just let that soak in just a moment? God says, 
how precious his thoughts are toward you. How precious your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. Look at what Jeremiah 29, 11 says. For I know the what, everybody? I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says who? And look what they are. Look what he says. Thoughts of what? Peace and not of evil. And look what he all goes on and says. To give you a future and a hope. When God thinks of you, he doesn't think of the bad things that you've done. He thinks of the potential and the good things about you. Understand that, that God's thoughts about you every day are lovely. Matter of fact, last night when you pillowed your head and you lay down and you close your eyes and you begin to sleep, you, if you could have seen into heaven, it was God that was leaning in just to listen to you breathe. As a matter of fact, when you awaken this morning and you open your eyes to a new day, you, it was God's thought that was there saying, I hope that you have a beautiful day today. If you could just lean into heaven and just hear the voice of God, you would have heard the master say that that's my child and I'm so proud of them. I love them so much. And if you could have just listened in, you would have heard a, a whisper from heaven to say, I love you. That's his thoughts toward you every day. Not the thoughts that you have about yourself. Not the thoughts that everybody else says about you. That's why G, the greatest, one of the most famous passages of Scripture, John 3 and 16 says this. It says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Now that's the most quoted passage in all the Bible. But most people don't know the next verse, verse 17, and it says this. It says this, for God did not send his son into the world to what, everybody? To condemn the world, but to what? Save the world through him. Now, there's, let me tell you something. There's a difference between conviction and condemnation. God never condemns us. He convicts us. You know what the conviction means? That means when you're doing something wrong. When you're doing it, when you're in the act of doing something wrong, that's when the Holy Spirit convicts us. We feel the wrong of that, we feel the shame of that, and we feel the consciousness of that. And the reason that God convicts us is to get us to repent and turn, return back to Him. Amen? So that means if, if, if sin is this way and you're doing wrong, then you're not going to feel good doing sin. Amen. Let me tell you something. Sin may feel good in the moment, but it never feels good. Amen. You can, oh my God, help me. You will never enjoy sin. In the moment it may not, woo, but if, after it's over, you never enjoy it because you know it's sin. Amen, everybody. And so if you're walking this way into sin, the convicting power of the Holy Spirit is changing your heart and you know you did wrong. And the purpose of that is to get you to repent and return back to God. That's what he wants you to do. That's conviction, everybody. Now, what is condemnation? Condemnation is this. Okay, you've been convicted by God. You've repented and you've returned back to God. And now you're back with God. But the devil will bring back that what you did a long time ago back up. 
So after you have repented of sin, it's under the blood of Jesus. It's no longer conviction. So if it comes back to your mind, it's condemnation from the devil. It's not from God Almighty. You don't have to walk around feeling guilty all over that again. No, that's condemnation from the devil. And God today wants you to know that you're not condemned, that you've been redeemed by Almighty God. You've been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, and you are saved and sanctified and filled with his Holy Spirit. Amen, everybody. So anytime, anytime that that thought comes to you of a sin of your past that you've already repented of and returned back to God, you just stand up and say, devil, you're a liar. That's under the blood. That's of you. It's not of God. Hallelujah. I'm sorry. I'm trying to contain myself this morning. Watch this. Anytime that you bring up somebody else's past sins, you're acting just like the devil. Mm. So before you bring it up, you need to think about who you're representing. Amen, everybody? Some of you, your marriage just got healed if you'll do that. Some of your relationship with your children just got better if you'll do that. That's all right. Let me tell you, that's why I'm passionate about helping people become followers of Jesus. Because when you become a follower of Jesus, you no longer live under the condemnation of the devil. You can be freedom by the conviction power of Jesus Christ. So today, I want to stop right now because there's some of you in this room, there's many that are watching online right now that are not followers of Jesus. You say, well, I believe in Jesus. Yes, you do. The devil believes in him. But what separates you from the devil is that you choose to follow him. Amen? Amen. So let's just pray right now because there's many people in this room that want to give their life to Jesus right now and online. So let's give them the opportunity. I'm going to say this prayer repeated after me. And you listen, those of you that are praying for the prayer today to become Christ followers, you don't even have to say it out loud. But the rest of us in this room are going to. So let's say it. Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me, save me, and help me to do your will in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's God give God a hand for that. Today, if you prayed that prayer with me, now listen, over 650 people have done that this year. So just, yes, just check the box on your card so that I pray the prayer to become a Christ follower. That's your first step. And I want to send you something in the mail to help you on your journey. So please do that. And you say, Pastor, what's my second step? Baptism. Baptism is your second step. And it's amazing because there's something in that water when you go under that God does. Amen, everybody? Amen. Okay. Number two. Let's move forward. Here we go. Number two. Accept that Jesus paid for your forgiveness. You got to accept that, that he paid for it. I'm going to let you write that because I want your attention. I got something to tell you. It's going to be freeing. This is so good. Are you ready? The problem that we have with accepting forgiveness is that we're used to being punished for our sins. From the time we were a little child, some of us got wore out for our sins. Amen? Some people got whippings. I got a whooping. Amen? Amen. You say, well, I don't believe in that. Well, I don't know. 
did me a lot of good. I didn't think it was good then, but now I do. My dad would say these country sayings. I didn't understand, but I knew what they meant. He'd say, boy, your tail is not going to hold shucks. I don't know what that meant. That meant the belt was coming off. That's what it meant. <laughs> boy, you're going to have to eat from the fireboard. In other words, you're not going to be able to sit down. I knew what that meant. I didn't, I didn't know the interpretation. I knew what it meant. I didn't know what it meant, but I knew what it meant. And so we're so used to getting punished for our sins. Amen, everybody? And listen, in the world today, thank God for that, right? You do the crime, you do the time. Hey, if you go rob a bank, you can pray to God all you want to, but you're going to jail. You're going to get the start of jail ministry because that's where you're going to be. <laughs> Amen, everybody? And that's, that's right. Thank God for that. Amen? So what I want to tell you is that, so that, that's right, but that's worldly. Now, the thing, the problem is that, is that like after we get punished for something, we can release guilt. Like after, after, you know, I got in trouble with my parents and maybe I got a spanking or whatever it was, you know, I felt like I paid the price for that crime. So I could release the guilt of my sin because I paid for it. You see what I'm talking about? And so when you ask God to forgive you of a sin, there's something missing. And that is that you didn't pay for it. And so sometimes we can still hold on to the guilt because we don't have the trigger that makes us release it, which is punishment. And that's why a lot of people, see, they're caught up in this. A lot of people are always waiting on God to get them back. And so every time something bad happens to them, they say, well, I deserve that because God's punishing me. That is not true, friend. That is not biblical. And let me just tell you why. When a person shares their, when a person is on their deathbed, and they're sharing their last breath, their last words. It's never about who won the football game yesterday. It's always about what's important. I never forget, I was beside a, a, a man and his wife was there in the hospital bed and, and she was on her last breath. I mean, she was struggling to breathe and she'd been unconscious for over 24 hours. And we're just standing beside her bed and she's laboring to breathe. And all of a sudden, this person who had been unconscious for 24 hours, raised up in the bed. She looked directly at her husband, and she said, I love you, and laid back down and went into heaven. What her last breath words were important. And let me tell you something. Before Jesus died on the cross, before he breathed his laugh, he said some very important words, and here they are. Look what they say. Luke 23, 33, and 34. When they came to the place called the skull, there they crucified him along with the criminals, one on the right, one on the left. And here it is, Jesus' last word. Jesus said, let's read his last words. Let's read them. You ready? Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Jesus was saying to the Father, I'm taking their place. I'm taking their punishment. So there is, so there was, somebody had to pay for your sin. And just because, you know, when you, when you say, when you sin and you say, God, forgive me, doesn't mean that nobody had to pay. Somebody had to pay. And Jesus Christ paid the price for your sin. So every time that you, that you sin and you say, God, forgive me, you need to look at the cross of Jesus Christ and say, thank you, Jesus, for paying for my sin. Amen. 
Because God is no longer mad at you. He's mad about you. He took all of his anger about your sin out on his son, Jesus, and Jesus paid the price so you would not have to, my friend. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. And listen, if you continue in sin, you're going to die. Something will die. Your relationship will die. Something will die. But if you repent of that sin and turn from it, then you can live through Jesus Christ. Amen, everybody. Hallelujah to his name. 1 John 1 and 9 says this, if we confess our sins, you know what confession is? It says this, listen, you're right, I'm wrong. And we confess our sins, we look into God's word and say, God, your word is right, I'm wrong. And today everybody's got their own right. Amen, everybody. My own truth, give me a break. Your own truth. Okay, don't go there, Jeff. All right, leave it alone. God, when I'm confessing my sins, I'm saying God's right. And either God's right all the time or he's not right at all. Hmm, you're getting quiet on me now. That's all right. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Why do I love this verse? Because it tells me this, that when I repent of my sins on earth, they'll never be repeated in heaven. There is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Just because, so if they're being repeated to you, they're either coming from yourself, the devil, or somebody else. They're not coming from God. And when you stand before Almighty God on that day, He's not going to say, well, you sorry, low-life person, you, I'm just going to let you in. You don't deserve to be here. I'm just going to let you. No, he's going to say, welcome in, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. Now, come on in. Enjoy the the joy of the Lord. Amen, everybody. Lord of God, I'm about to preach up in here. I'm sorry. I'm getting all excited. Here's Here's the next point with you. Watch this. On your card, look at this. We're going to pray over you, so I want you to check the box. I accept that Jesus was punished for my sin so that I don't have to be. Now, you've got to receive that. Are you going to always be waiting for God to get even with you? And then every time something bad happens, you're going to say, well, that's God getting even with me. God's not trying to get even with you. He got even with Jesus Christ. His own son paid for your sins. Amen, everybody? Okay, remember the three words that we're saying, just in case you forgot. I choose forgiveness. Let's say up. I choose forgiveness. Number three is this. Walk in the power of God's forgiveness. Walk in the power of God's forgiveness. Look at this verse. We're going to go back to the passage that we read. We're going to read the whole thing. When they came to the place called the skull, there they crucified him along with the criminals, one on the right, the other on the left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. Now watch this. And they divided his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others. Let him save himself. If he is Christ of God, the chosen one, the soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, if you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. This cry a father forgive them, was simply to say that Jesus was saying, forgive the people who are doing the worst thing to me. If he could 
if he could forgive those people in the moment that was doing so, such horrible things to him, it just shows us the width and the, and the depth of his forgiveness, everybody. If he could forgive them, he can forgive you. And let me just tell you something. It was your sin and my sin that killed Jesus. Amen, everybody? God took his anger out on him. But good, it was our sin that killed Jesus, but it was the power of God's love and forgiveness that raised Jesus. Amen, everybody? It was the power of God's love and his forgiveness that raised, raised Jesus. Forgiveness brings life. I wrote this down. Forgiveness brings life. Our sin kills, but God's love and forgiveness heals. It heals. Let me show you how this heals. Paul wrote about this in 1 Corinthians 15 and 55. Look what he says. He says, O death, O death, where is your victory? O grave, where is your sting? O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? In other words, Jesus was saying that I, I paid the price that you don't have to be afraid. The greatest fear of mankind is death, but you don't even have to be afraid of that. I want to explain it to you in a story I read a long time ago. It's just meant so much to me. There was a guy one day who decided to get his family together on a Sunday afternoon on a fall cool day. And they got in the car and they began to drive. And it was such a beautiful day, so they let the windows down, let the fresh air in. He and his wife were enjoying it. His three kids were in the back. And they were just enjoying this drive until something happened that was tragic to them. A bee entered the car. As the bee entered the car, the, all of a sudden, the, there began to be panic in the car because the daughter, the little daughter in the back seat was allergic. And when she gets stung by bees, her throat would close up. She would not be able to breathe. And after having experienced that, she freaked out. She's screaming, Daddy, it's going to get me. She's screaming, ah, it's a bee, it's a bee, it's a bee. And I mean, she's panicking. And so is everyone else in the car because they know what's going to happen. And so what the dad's trying to do is he's trying to stop the car. And he's trying to, and he sees the bee, he's trying to swat the bee out and he can't get him out. And finally he reaches up and he pins the bee to the roof and grabs it to his hand. And when he does, the bee stings him. And he has to release it. And the daughter starts screaming all over again, Daddy, 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 it's going to hurt me. It's going to hurt me. Everybody's panicking. Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. And he said, baby girl, that bee may be swarming in this car, but you don't have to be afraid because Daddy's got the stinger right here in his hand. With all that's going on in our world today, there's so much fear, so much fear. With war that's all over the world, we know that we're in the end times and people are afraid. All this happened in Maine this past week and people are afraid. Let me tell you something today. You don't have to be afraid. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? 
Because Jesus Christ said, if, if you look at my hands, I have the stinger. I have the nail prints in my hands. I have the scar in my side. I wore that crown of thorns. And today, if your day, if today is the last day on planet Earth, when you take that last breath here, when you open up your eyes, you'll be there in glory. You'll be walking on streets of gold. You'll go past gates of pearl. You'll see a river of life. You'll see loved ones that, that's been there forever. They're saying, come on. You're not going to believe this. You should not be afraid. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, great, where is your victory? Why? Because we are children of God. We are loved by God. We are sought after by God. We have the favor of God. We have been saved by God. We've been restored by God. We have been freed by God. We are the people of God, everybody. And we will not live in fear. We will not live in fear. We will live in faith in the Son of the living God, that He's my Savior and he's my Lord and he's my king and he is my he's the one he's my rock of my salvation he's the joy in my soul he's the hope for tomorrow he is my future he is everything to me he's mine and I am his and I will not be afraid amen everybody hallelujah come on stand with me everybody oh I'm so passionate today don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Jesus is coming soon. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Isn't that great? That we don't have to die. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, that trumpet's going to toot and we're going to scoot. Amen, everybody. Today, I feel like the Holy Spirit put this in my heart to, to pray with you today. And that is this, is that some of you have fought so much condemnation. Oh, the condemnation of your past. It just keeps coming in like waves. And today that God has taught you the difference between conviction and condemnation. And today's a day that you tell the devil he's a liar. So now when those thoughts start coming up, you know it's not God. And so you know it has to be him. And you just put him in his place. And just let him know that he is condemned to hell and he has no authority over you and he has no right to be bringing that back up to you. Amen, everybody. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.